Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. On this Memorial Day weekend, thank you for sharing part of it with Special Edition. And it is Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start to the summer season. Memorial Day, an American holiday, is observed on the last Monday in May. It honors the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. And it was originally known, as many of us remember, as Decoration Day, a day when we visited the cemeteries to decorate the graves of our loved ones, especially those who were killed while serving in the U.S. military. Memorial Day did not become an official holiday until 1971, although early observances of Memorial Day also included the Civil War. While many observances of Memorial Day had to be canceled last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, there are some that are coming back this year. They include parades throughout the area, as well as services being held at local cemeteries, including with taps and a gun salute. At this time, we would like to thank those who served for their service to their country and also thank and remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the country. This week on Special Edition, we're going to meet Dr. Matthew Miller. He is the program director of the VA Suicide Prevention Program, and he's going to have some very valuable information that you or someone you know may be able to use, and we'll also have a phone number and a website for you to get the information. We're also going to meet Denise Coomer. She is the CEO of Tracy's Hope and Hospice. They have an event coming up. The tickets are going fast and she'll have the details. Leslie Saracen is the president and CEO of the Food Industry Association and has the new grocery shopping trends that are sweeping America. We're also going to hear from Mike Toludo with PennDOT District 4 and Christina Sullivan, Lackawanna County Community Program Traffic Safety Coordinator. And they're both going to tell us about staying safe. Speaking of safety, let's start things off with Dawn Webster. She's a physician's assistant with MedExpress, and she has some great summer safety tips. Dawn, it is time to get outdoors. And we've talked about saying staying safe outdoors with the sun and with the bitey things. But how about just a general overview now that Memorial Day is upon us? So there's a couple things that we'd like to touch on for summer safety. 
The first one's going to be grilling. So it is important when grilling to kind of keep a couple things in mind just because we don't really do it in the fall, the winter. It's not very nice outside. So after sitting for a few months, you want to make sure you clean your grill. The dust, the old fat and food that may be in the bottom, those are huge fire potentials. So we definitely want to make sure our grills are cleaned before we start using them again in the summer. And then we have to kind of remember to remind the little ones, the kids, to stay away that the outside gets hot and um, they never really can tell when they're on. So just kind of teach them to stay away from them in general would definitely be helpful. Something I learned through some friends of mine was that if you happen to purchase a new grill, be carefuler because it can get a lot hotter than the old one did. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they, that makes sense. Yeah, they found that out the hard way. Another thing for our firefighting friends out there is don't put them under a roof because sometimes yeah. that's that's not a good thing either. So what if something does happen, Dawn? Uh, are there things that we should have handy? Yes. Well, really any kind of grills, you have to be careful with the heat. I mean, even the charcoal grills get so hot. But yeah, so if you do get a burn um, or if a child touches it and, and they get a burn on their hand or on their arm, the most important thing to do is going to be to, to run it under cool water for 10 minutes. So for 10 minutes, that heat can stay in that skin and continue doing damage. So you want to keep that cold water on it until you bring that temperature down and you really neutralize that heat. So 10 minutes, which is a long time, but 10 minutes is, is the rule of thumb. Cool water, not ice cold. You don't want to put ice on it. You just want cool water for 10 minutes. And then you also have to remember if it is on an arm or a leg or something that has clothing on it, take that clothing off because that clothing is going to hold in the heat. If it's a finger or a wrist and you have jewelry on it, get that jewelry off because that jewelry can also hold that heat. Or if swelling starts to set in, then you're going to be in trouble. You're not going to be able to get that ring or bracelet off. So after the 10 minutes of cool water, then you can put either a first aid um, cream on it, a burn cream. If there's a blister, you don't want to pop it. The, the blister is essentially sterile until you pop it. So you want to keep the blister intact if you can. Um, if it does pop, then you're going to have to watch for signs of infection, which are redness and swelling, um, pus, really, if the pain gets worse, not better. But in general, we do like to leave blisters alone. But if there's no blister, just redness, then it's typically a pretty mild or minor burn, first degree, and it, it should get better in a week or two with just watching it and putting some antibiotic ointment on it. We've got the grill covered and hopefully turned off and cooled down and put away. So what's next? So we can also talk a little bit about food poisoning because that's one of the things we think about with upcoming, you know, Memorial Day picnics and just kind of being outside in general. You want to just remember, always wash your hands before you start to, to prepare food, even if it's just serving. Wash your hands. Keep raw foods away from prepared and ready-to-eat foods. Make sure you have different cutting boards. If you're cutting vegetables, you do not want to cut them after you've cut chicken or any type of raw meat on another same cutting board. You want to use a different one. And then if you do take it outside for a picnic, you really can't keep it outside long, especially if it has any type of dairy product in it or egg in it. You want to just take it outside, serve it, and then bring it right back inside and put it back in the fridge. If it's something warm like fried chicken, 
take it outside, serve it, bring it in and either put it back in the oven or refrigerate it if you're done with it for the day. But uh, we might not have access to anything like that. So what else can we do? So you can bring ice. You can put it on ice. They make containers that you put ice in the bottom of it to keep the food cold. Some people will bring those little tiny baby pools and fill the bottom up with ice and just set the food on ice. Or you can bring a cooler. And once you're done serving, you can put it back in the cooler. We've cooked. We've been fed. What's next? you accidentally do eat something that was left out too long and you get food poisoning, there's a couple things to think about. So the first thing I like to touch on is that food poisoning can start anywhere from a couple hours to days after eating something days. that was bad. Yes. So foodborne illness can be caused by bacteria, viruses, parasites, and their toxins. So depending on what type of food poisoning you have, it can truly be days after eating it. Now, the most important thing to remember is the majority of the time, food poisoning is self-limited, which means you don't have to do anything except let your body recover. Most people, especially people that are young and healthy, are going to recover completely on their own without any additional medical intervention. However, the extremes of age, so the babies, the young kids, the toddlers, the elderly, they're the ones that you really have to watch out for. And the main reason is because the biggest risk with food poisoning is dehydration. You get an upset stomach, you can get vomiting, diarrhea. And if you're not taking in the fluids to replenish, you're going to get dehydrated. An adult who's young and healthy, they're going to be able to replenish their fluids by just drinking, keeping on top of it. But someone like a baby or a very elderly person, they have a much harder time doing that. So they're the ones you really have to keep an eye on to make sure that they're staying ahead of it. Now, what you've described are symptoms of many other things. So how do we know or is there a way to know that it actually was something within the food? So that's tough. It really is because, yes, viruses, any type of GI bug, they're going to cause similar symptoms, the upset stomach, the vomiting, the diarrhea. So it really is tough to tell. If it happens just a couple hours after eating it, then you can be pretty certain it's what you ate. You can also kind of look at the history. So if, you know, mom and dad both ate the potato salad, they both are sick, the kids didn't eat it, they're fine. It's probably more likely to be the food poisoning than a virus, which everyone in the house would typically end up getting. So that, the most important thing to think about is kind of history. You kind of have to be a detective when you think of You know, was it the food poisoning? Could I have a bug? Who else has it? Who ate what? That sort of thing. So there's nothing we can take in order to help this go away. It's just a matter of time. You can take medicine to help with the vomiting if you can't quit vomiting. But in terms of actually taking medicine to help, no, there there really isn't a medicine, just like there isn't a medicine if you have a virus of, you know, a GI virus. But there are medicines to help with the symptoms if you need them. But just keeping hydrated is probably the most important thing of of everything. Correct. And getting lots of rest, letting your body kind of fight it off and, you know, taking your time, getting back to to normal, starting with a very bland diet. You don't want to, you know, go out for a Big Mac the second you start to feel better. (laughs) Or some more potato salad or macaroni salad right away. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. What else is in the uh, Dawn How to Have a Good Memorial Day Without Getting Sick or Hurt book? So the next thing we could talk about a little bit are the fireworks, the sparklers, the things that kids love that are dangerous. I have to say just personal experience, the most sparkler injuries I see are when kids are having a great time with them 
it fizzles out, they throw it on the ground, and another kid comes by and steps on it. One of the things to worry about is where you're setting the ones that are used. Even though they're not on fire anymore, they're still very hot for a very long period of time. Always, always, always supervise the kids, even if they're older, even if they're old enough to be holding it and, you know, they think they're responsible, you still need to be around them because the little kids that are also playing in the area could easily walk by and try to pick one up or not see it and step on it. And then for the adults, you know, the men especially that love setting off fireworks. So you definitely want to make sure you're in a wide open area. You want to look at your local laws. I mean, are you even allowed to be setting these off? And when you set them off, you want to make sure you're aiming them away from people, even though they're supposed to go straight up they may not go straight up. So you always have to kind of be aware. Are people far enough away or kids and animals far enough away? And then only do one at a time. Um, A lot of people like to set off a whole bunch and that can be dangerous too. So one at a time, make sure they come down, make sure they're completely out because you don't want a fire to start. And then the same thing, you know, if you can wear eye protection and just make sure everyone stays away from them even after they come down because they may still be pretty hot. So the bottom line there is maybe this year might be different because a lot of the professional displays are coming back. So maybe it's best to just leave it to the experts. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's probably a great idea. But for those that, you know, still want to do it on their own, just be very careful. You're at MedExpress and you have people coming in, especially over a holiday period. Are those coming in with um, the injuries due to burns or something happens with the food or is is there anything other that uh, people should be looking for? I would say the only other thing that we kind of see a little bit of an uptick with around picnic party times like Memorial Day, 4th of July would be lacerations. So people are cutting the veggies. They are using a mandolin to to slice their thin onions and, you know, they take their fingertip off. So just be really cautious. I know, you, you know, people are getting excited. It's finally nice outside. They're starting to lift some restrictions. Take your time, especially when using knives and mandolins. I mean, those things are so sharp. Just be careful. Um, The kids are often running around, so you're kind of, you know, doing three things at once and maybe not paying attention quite as closely as you should be. So, yeah, definitely kind of keep that in mind, too, when you're preparing for your picnics and in food in general. Thanks again to Dawn Webster for joining us, always with great information. Now, next, we have Mike Toludo and Christina Sullivan. They're going to tell us about safety, whether you're on the road on the sidewalk or on the water. And Christina starts off with some statistics on the road. In 2020, there were 348 fatalities that were unrestrained across our state. And there were 11,265 crashes involving unrestrained passengers and drivers. That is a staggering, those are staggering numbers. And click it or ticket isn't about the, the tickets or the citations. It's about saving lives. Law enforcement are going to join forces to provide increased seatbelt enforcement at borders, sending a zero-tolerance message to the public. Driving or riding on buckle will result in a ticket no matter where you live. So it's not just the Commonwealth. This is a nationwide campaign to keep everyone safe. And is it true, Christine, that if you are the driver, 
you are responsible for those in your vehicle. And what exactly does that mean? It means that regardless of who is in your vehicle, it is your responsibility as the driver to make sure that their seatbelt is fastened and especially children. Have uh, you started up your uh, your car seat checks? Yes, um, we were out last week with EMS at various locations in our area, checking car seats and car seat checks. And I know that we've started to schedule in-person car seat checks again. So we just want to keep every friend, family member, and, and stranger from becoming a statistic and raise awareness and save some lives together. And remind everyone, buckle up, click it or ticket, and every trip, every time. What else have you got, Mike? We have the holiday coming up, Memorial Day holiday. Right. And it's a, little, a week later this year, and the weather's been so beautiful. So there's a lot a lot of things going on. AAA said there's going to be 60% more people on the road this year compared to last year. And we all know last year was a, was a tough year. So there's going to be more people on the road. They're going to be going to lakes. They're going to be going out doing uh, shopping, parks, partying, a lot of good things going on. So we want to also emphasize, wear your seatbelt, do not text and drive. Take your time. You know, you don't have to be uh, the first one at the party or the first one at the lake. Take your time. And that's the most important thing. And don't be distracted and aggressive driving. Just drive. And if you're going to a work zone, because there's going to be a lot of work zones out there. I mean, they may not be working during the holiday, but there'll be uh, some work zones that are permanent out there. Just just follow the speed limit and follow the rules of the road. And this year, it is returning is the coffee breaks. The coffee breaks are back. Not all the welcome centers and the, and the rest stops will have uh, help. It's a limited this year, but uh, if it started getting the coffee breaks back on uh, on board. And how does that? How do they work? Uh, local groups participate. Baseball groups, little league groups, uh, Boy Scout groups, uh, Rotary clubs. They uh, they adopt a uh, welcome center or um, a rest area and they go out and they provide coffee to the general public and you just give them a little donation. Now, let's take it from the road to the water and it's starting to get into boating season and I know we're going to have more of this coming up in the near future, but there are boaters out on the waterways already. Where do we start with safety there? Well, there's a lot of a lot of good things. Now the weather is so beautiful this weekend. You're going to co- coming up. A lot of people are going to have their boats on the water. Well, the same rules for the road is the same rules for the water. They'll be out uh, checking for drinking and driving on your on your car and also on your boat. So the first thing they tell you is to make sure you wear a life vest. That is essential. And you want to also get educated on the risk of drinking on on your boat. So you want to follow the same rules of the road, uh, but on the water. Like I said, educate yourself on the rules of the water and be prepared. Like here's some tips to avoid BUI. Take long variety of cool drinks such as soda, water, iced tea, lemonade, or non-alcohol beverage. Bring plenty of food and snacks. So wear clothes that will help keep you and your passenger cool and a, a plan to limit your trip to a reasonable time to avoid fatigue. It, remember, it's common to become tired more quickly on the water. Chris, one of the other things I'd like to go back to since we've been on the water now, we come back and a lot of people are out there. As Mike said, they're uh, enjoying the outdoors. They do a lot of walking. Do you have any quick walking safety tips that people are, again, there's so many out there after last year, they can't wait to get out there. And sometimes they just run and they don't think about the traffic. So what do you have for that? Yes, they do. When you're walking, just be aware of your surroundings at crosswalks, cross only at the crosswalk, whether there's signals, obey signals. 
if there's not signals, uh, try to make eye contact with the driver to ensure that the driver sees you and know that it's safe to cross before you cross. And don't walk distracted. Put your phone down when you're walking. It's everyone's responsibility. It's a shared responsibility. Uh, When you're a pedestrian, it's a shared responsibility between the pedestrian and the motorist to keep everyone safe out there on the road. What have we missed? We want everybody to have a safe holiday. You don't want to be a fatality in the count on on the day after the holiday. And also, we have seen a couple motorcycle accidents already, so I just want to give you some tips. Please, always wear a helmet with a face shield or protected eyewear. Wear appropriate gear, follow the traffic rules, and ride defensively, and keep your riding skills through education, which PennDOT offers updated classes. You could check that on our website where they offer, uh, if they're going to start those motorcycle classes back up. But the motorcycle is also a, a tool of the road, too. So you want to take make sure you're following all the safety tips. And for the drivers, make sure that they give their motorcycle buddies a little bit of room because sometimes you can encroach upon them as well. So it's all about, I guess we could even mention bicycles in there, too, sharing the road. The same same thing, sharing the road. Yesterday, we were coming up Main Avenue, and there was an older gentleman riding the bike, uh, and the car in front of him was getting a little impatient, and I'm saying to my mother, we got to share the road. The bicycle has just as much right of the road as, as the car does. Exactly, and if you're going to be out and about, and Chris, this probably also goes for walking as well, it might be worth to spend a couple extra bucks and uh, get a vest that has some reflective tape. Absolutely. Very close friend, police officer, one of his neighbors. She walks around the neighborhood with her dog every evening about nine o'clock. He bought her a safety vest. It was one of the safest and nicest presents that I've seen someone to give someone. So yeah, high visibility. Make sure that you have um, something that's a, a bright color when you're out there at night. You know, lights on your bicycle if you're if you're riding your bicycle at night. And again, it's a shared responsibility. We need to share the road, pedestrians bicycles, children on scooters, and motorcycles. So it's everyone's responsibility. Anything else? we just like to wish everybody a safe beginning of the summer, and we want to uh, come back and talk to you about more things in the future. Christina Sullivan and Mike Toludo will be with us again. They have all kinds of programs coming up this summer. Now, don't go away. When we come back, Dr. Matthew Miller is the program director for the VA Suicide Prevention Program on Special Edition. Here on Special Edition, we meet Dr. Matthew Miller. He is the program director for the VA Suicide Prevention Program. He has a number and website, and you might want to have a pen and paper handy to copy those down, and I'll also give them to you after our interview. Plus, he's also going to tell us about the VA's One Step Today campaign. We're in the midst of Memorial Day weekend. So many people are thinking about veterans, and unfortunately, one of the things that we are now finding out is is that more veterans are taking their own life. That's pretty scary. It's alarming. You're 100% correct. I mean, it's alarming across the nation as a whole, Paula. When you look at the, the trends from 1999 through 2018 across the nation as a whole, you see a, a plus 33, 35% increase in, in suicide in the veteran population. You see us holding pretty steady from a count perspective. But from a rate perspective, 
it has gone up. And that's because the veteran population is decreasing as time passes by. Regardless of rate versus count, the one number that matters to us most in the VA is one. And as long as one veteran is at risk or one veteran dies by suicide, we have work to do. And that's what we're focused on. And speaking of one, you now have a One Step Today campaign. Can you explain that? One Step Today is our campaign for uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. It acknowledges that mental health is this big, broad term that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So being aware and increasing your awareness regarding what is mental health? How is my mental health? How is the mental health of those around me that I care about? And finally, what can I do about it? Now, sometimes when we get to the what can I do about it part, it just all seems so big. It seems monumental. It seems like there's just a lot of work to do. And maybe we get a little overwhelmed. So one step today is Neil Armstrong is here. That's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind in that here's 10 small steps that veterans are offering to veterans that a veteran can do for mental health. And it could be that giant leap in the end that is needed. And it starts with one small step. It doesn't start with a giant leap. So I'm assuming that somewhere in there, one of the first small steps is being honest and telling someone that you actually are considering something like that? Yeah. Uh, And also one of the small steps is, flip that a little bit, is asking the question to those that you might be concerned about. The importance of asking the question is a lot of people think, well, if I ask the question, I'm going to plant a thought. And that's not true. What actually is true is that if you ask the question, what you do is you make it a subject that's okay to talk about. And even in the moment, if, if the individual looks back at you and says, oh, no, 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 I had suicide, no, no, what are you thinking? No, you've still been successful because what you've done is you have communicated a message that it is okay to talk to you about that subject because you're willing to go there. And when you do, and again, a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't like to talk about things like that. And even if it's someone that they love dearly, because they, like you said, they don't want to give anybody a quote unquote idea. But what if they do, what if they do get into that conversation? That's a big responsibility now. What can someone do besides immediately feeling, oh, this is scary and I don't know if I want to, if I want to talk about this? Paula, you're hitting on the top two fears that that keep us from reaching out to others, uh, whether it be by talking about our own thoughts of suicide or asking someone else about that. Number one fear is that it's not okay to talk about. It's taboo. 
Number two fear is what's going to happen if I do talk about it? Am I going to get in too deep? And for that, I would say if you're the do your homework type, I'd say go to maketheconnection.net. And we offer a number of resources, including videos, for uh, what to do and ideas for where to go with the conversation when you start the conversation. And if all else fails, I, I want everyone to feel free to, at the time or maybe at another time, pick up the phone. Call 800-273-8255. That's the Veterans Crisis Line when you press 1. And talk about your questions with our trained responders. Get an idea for resources with our trained responders. Or maybe you're in the conversation and you say, hey, would, would you mind if we called the Veterans Crisis Line together? And you can take out your cell phone. You can put that number in your address book under Veterans Crisis Line. You can hit it and you can talk together. That's perfectly acceptable and it happens pretty frequently too. I had an opportunity not too long ago to talk with uh, Dr. Jennifer Strauss and Dr. Laura Miller, and we were talking Mm -hmm. about the difference that there are between men and women in the military, which also goes with male and female veterans. There are differences when you're approaching a male or a female. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. There's there's differences that are important to acknowledge and important to take into consideration. And, you know, the VA is responding to those differences. For example, I was in a uh, VA hospital uh, last week. Uh, the secretary of the VA actually was touring there. And we went to the women's clinic. So they have a clinic specially set up for and designed around the medical, psychological, mental health needs of women. Separate waiting rooms, separate entrance, care teams specifically focused on women's health. And you'll see that more and more in the VA as uh, we go through this year into next year and beyond. Tending to those specific needs, acknowledging them, and not trying to uh, view the veteran as this broad population that has no differences. Dr. Miller, very quickly, if you can, give us again those uh, information places where people can get more. Yeah, thanks, Paula. One step everyone can take today, small step, is maketheconnection.net. Type out make the connection, no spaces between, .net and walk in the front door, see what's available, and then maybe take the next step from there. There's also the Veterans Crisis Line, available 24 hours per day, seven days a week around the calendar. That's 800-273-8255. 8255 spells out talk, if that helps. Press 1 when you receive uh, the message asking if you're a veteran. 
that'll send you straight to the veterans crisis line. We're there. We're ready. Even as I speak right now, we're answering the phone. Thanks again to Dr. Matthew Miller for joining us again. That VA crisis line number is 800-273-8255. And the website, maketheconnection.net. Now, don't go away. An upcoming event, but tickets are going fast. And and are kitchens really the new arenas of happiness? Special Edition will return. Welcome back to Special Edition. Denise Coomer is the CEO of Tracy's Hope and Hospice. And like many, they had their fundraising efforts cut short last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Their fundraiser's back this year And it's next weekend, but tickets are going fast. Now, from what I understand, tickets are still available. And if there are any left, there might be some available at the door. But Denise is here. She's going to tell us about the upcoming event. And don't put off getting your tickets. Now let's find out about Tracy's Hope and Hospice. And as the name suggests, they are there not only for us, but for our best friends when it comes time that we have to say goodbye. But they're more than that. We're also a rescue. Um, We do animal rights issues, try to uh, work with the DA's offices and the uh, police departments to prosecute animal abusers. Tell us about Um, the hospice aspect of it. Hospice is slightly different than when you're doing it for people. We do it where if the animal is suffering, and there's no hope. We bring euthanasia to the home so the animal can be in, in their home, own home when they pass. It's easier for the owners and it's easier for the animal. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to go into the home, so hospice has suffered a little bit. Most times, uh, especially in the beginning of the COVID, a lot of uh, vets will not even let you in the office when you're euthanizing. So it's been been hard on our animals too and uh, pet owners. Uh, Hopefully this is going to change a little bit. And that is where we last spoke with you was right before all of the COVID started. And of course you had so many different fundraisers that you were telling us about. So this one has been what, two years in the making? Yes, we, we couldn't, we couldn't have it. We had to keep canceling. Because of the COVID, people were afraid, and and rightfully so, and uh, we couldn't have any big gatherings. Our organization suffered financially, as everybody else did during this pandemic. But you're coming back, and you are going to have quite an event. Yes, we are coming back, and yes, we're having an event. It's uh, our designer purse bingo that we've had to cancel almost two years in a row. And now we're having it at the Circle Drive-In on the Scranton-Carbondale Highway. The doors open at 10 and the bingo starts at noon. It's going to be outside so uh, people can be relaxed. It'll be COVID safe. You can bring your tables, your chairs, and have a a pop-up tent if you want to. And it's going to be very relaxed, but a lot of fun. What's the date? We have some great prizes. Yeah, June 5th. Denise, I know that in the past, <laughs> which, uh-huh. which is really past now, the tickets have gone yes. quickly. So how do people get the get all their tickets and we get them there? Yeah. 
Well, tickets are $20 per person, and that's for 20 games of bingo and 20 purses. We also have specials, and uh, our grand prize is $1,000 cash in a designer purse. So there's a lot of great prizes. You can obtain tickets by uh, sending a self-stamped addressed envelope to Tracy's Hope, 113 Foot Avenue in Duryea, PA, 18642. And you also have all that information on your Facebook page, correct? Yes, it's on our Facebook. I I believe it's on our website, too. Those purses. Tell us what you have. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. They're all beautiful designer purses by Coach, Michael Kors, Dooney and Bork. And and like I said, the the grand prize is great. But we also have special games and uh, a trip to Assateague, Virginia. We have a uh, overnight stay at Mohegan Sun. We have a 55-inch color TV. So the prizes are really good. We have 50-plus baskets. It's just going to be a fun time. It's going to be a really fun time. When we're talking about, again, missing out on such fundraising activity, and it wasn't just this, there were so many others. When you're talking about the fact that you weren't able to do fundraising, and it has been almost two years. Yes. Where, mm-hmm. where does where is the money not going that could be going well, with the people that help? Well, our, our bills are so high with the veterinarians and the emergency clinic. Thank God for them. They help us to keep on a tab so we can still help the animals that we do have. But it's uh, this money has to go to our veterinarians. We do need to pay them for all the wonderful care that they've given to our animals during this time. So that's basically where everything goes. Again, you were, you're were you still dealing with animals. Yes. It's, it's not like everything just stopped. Right. We have eight hospice animals that actually live on the premises. So, you know, and, and they're old. I mean, they need proper care. They need medication. You know, so all of this was possible because our veterinarians we're willing to let us go with our bill right now, but we really owe them a lot, you know, financially and, and gratitude too. And it's probably, I would say, knowing, knowing the animals that I have known, that it is, a, it would be heartbreaking for you to have to turn someone away. Well, let me tell you, it is heartbreaking and we have had to turn so many away. That takes an emotional toll on, on me and my volunteers. When you have to turn an animal away because you can't afford it or, you know, it, it's tough. It really is tough. We really do need as much help as we possibly can get. If they can come out and, and enjoy this bingo, that would help us. It's going to be great time, great prizes. It's worth $20 to come into this. And so. t- there won't be any tickets available at the door? Usually we sell out, so there, there might not be. If there are tickets left at the door, it'll, the cost is $25 per person. But you're best to get your tickets before they all go. Because it's a big event and uh, people come out to these things. They love it. Well, especially after it hasn't been held for so, so long. Exactly. Right. Okay, it is the uh, Scranton-Carbondale Highway, the Circle Drive-In. The doors open at 10 and um, uh, the bingo starts at noon. There's food, there's prizes. Come in and have a good time. I mean, we all deserve a good time after what we've gone through. When is the date? The date is June the 5th. And when do the tickets go on sale? 
They are on sale right now. And they're going to go when they go. And Yeah, and we're running some contests on our Facebook page. Enter to win. Go to our Facebook and check out our post. Thanks, Denise. And again, don't forget that big fundraiser is coming up on June 5th. That's next Saturday. So you'll want to find out about getting your tickets now. Next on Special Edition, I'm going to introduce you to Leslie Sarenson. She is the president and CEO of the Food Industry Association. She's going to tell us how Americans have changed the way they shop for food as well as what they're shopping for due to the pandemic. It's also the first time that I've ever heard a kitchen called an arena of happiness. Grocery shopping. Woohoo! I don't know. <laughs> According to your report, you're saying that people are starting to enjoy grocery shopping? I think that's absolutely right. Even among those who didn't enjoy it particularly before. I think during the pandemic, we've developed a whole new appreciation for and a relationship with our kitchens. We're spending a lot more time in them, and we've learned how to cook again. And that, of course, leads us to enjoy grocery shopping so that we can do that cooking at home. Well, Leslie, enjoy grocery shopping, enjoy cooking, kind of foreign areas to me, but I'm hoping that there are people out there that are getting a good benefit from that. Does it also show that maybe we're moving into healthier trends? It absolutely does show that. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there were lots of jokes about the COVID-19 referring to the pounds uh, some of us gained at the beginning of the pandemic. But fortunately, I think we worked through all of that over time and have become much more focused on the health aspects of what we consume uh, for ourselves and our families. And I think what we've learned through the pandemic, our research shows us that consumers are very focused on what they're buying from a nutrition standpoint. They are learning to cook in ways that they hadn't before and enjoying it. And this notion of the family meal at home together has become very important parts of our daily routine. When you're talking again about the whole idea of healthy eating, again, it's one of those things that sometimes becomes very difficult. And now they've uh, really kind of getting into the whole thing of online. How has that helped, hindered, changed things? Well, it certainly has changed things dramatically. We know that the universe of online shoppers has increased uh, over the past year. We went from about 52% to 64% of shoppers who are shopping online. And not only are they shopping online uh, in ways that they hadn't before, but the frequency with which they're shopping online has increased. Um, We know that now uh, about a quarter of shoppers order online at least weekly. So this online shopping is something that we have become very accustomed to. Um, the convenience factor that it allows for us to be able to order our groceries and then pick them up curbside or have them even delivered to our homes has been a real game changer. And I think as we move forward, what we will see is that the grocery industry will continue to make the tremendous investments in technology that has allowed the growth that's happened so far and will even create newer opportunities as we go forward. Now, you are the president and CEO of the Food Industry Association. Can you give us a little bit of information on that? Sure. I'm the CEO of this 
Trade Association. We are a national trade association that represents the grocery industry, including both the retail stores, the wholesalers, and also many of the companies that supply the products that are sold in the stores. So we represent a broad swath of the food industry and have spent the better part of the last 40 or 50 years really focusing on how we can enhance the opportunities that exist for our customers to uh, receive the kinds of services they need and they want when they go grocery shopping. Some people do get very excited about cooking and, and coming up with different things. Have you found any trends starting to develop certain items, one kind of item, one item in particular that has become very popular? Well, I think what we found is that our customers have found new ways to shop during the pandemic. Uh, what we're seeing is that they're shopping perhaps a little less frequently, but when they shop, they're doing more stocking up on products that they want and need for their homes. And of course, we talked about the online shopping experience. That has been a dramatic change with 64% of our customers using online to buy their groceries. So I think we'll continue to see that. We're entering what I'm calling a new era of meals at home. I think this is going to continue for a while uh, for a number of reasons. One is economic. I think we've all learned that it's more economical to eat at home than it is to eat out. And this will be a necessity for some uh, as we move forward. For others, it's just good business and, and the way they want to operate their families. And then this focus on health has become very important. And then the final thing I would say that is critical is uh, the importance of the family meal. I think we've all recognized this connectedness among our family members is something that uh, we enjoy, uh, we want to continue, and the best way to do that is to be eating at home at our own tables together. Now, uh, this came out of your U.S. Grocery Shopper Trends Report, and can you give us a brief overview of that and if any of our listeners would like to see that for themselves, where they might find it? Certainly. Grocery Shopper Trends is a study that we do annually. It is a year-over-year analysis of what's going on in grocery shopping among U.S. consumers. We work with more than 2,000 consumers uh, to better understand the changes that they've made over the past year or so. And for your your listeners who are interested in more information, they can take a look at the entire study at our website, which is fmi.org slash grocery trends. And there what they'll find is uh, shoppers' insights on being well and in shopping and in their own words. They can also, your listeners can also download download the report if they'd like to. Maybe, Leslie, this will change my thought. (laughs) I I hope it will, Paula. I think you might find a whole new arena of happiness in your kitchen. Arena of happiness. I've never thought of my kitchen that way before. (laughs) So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Paula. It's great to be with you. Once again, thanks to Leslie Saracen, the president and CEO of FMI, with the U.S. grocery shopper trends, including what I guess is a good one, more people enjoying grocery shopping and being in the kitchen. And once again, thank you for joining us on Special Edition on this Memorial Day weekend the weekend that unofficially marks the beginning of the summer season. But remember, the real meaning of this holiday is to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice to our nation. 
To those who are still serving and have served, we say thank you for your service. And to those this weekend, we remember forgiving the ultimate sacrifice. Can't sleep? Trouble concentrating? Dry, itchy skin? Urinating more often? These are some of the symptoms of kidney disease. Many people don't understand what kidney disease is, who is at risk, and what they can do to avoid serious kidney health issues. Find out if you are at risk. Go to OptumKidneyCheck.com to take a simple survey that can help you see if you're one of the one in three people who's at risk of developing kidney disease. That's OptumKidneyCheck.com. A public service message from the National Kidney Foundation, Optum Labs, in this station. Over 30 years ago, Rotary made a promise to the world, a promise that we would eradicate polio. With the help of our partners and friends, we've made incredible progress toward that goal. So today we find ourselves on the brink of completely eradicating polio from the face of the earth. When, not if, we get there, it will be only the second time in history that a disease affecting humans has been eradicated. The Gates Foundation believes that every child deserves a chance to live a healthy, productive life. That's why we're so excited about the partnership we have with Rotary International and the Global Polio Eradication Initiative in the final push to rid the world of polio. Together, I'm confident we'll achieve a polio-free world. Let's drop to zero. Let's drop to zero. Let's drop to zero. Rotary District 7410 of Northeastern Pennsylvania continues this effort to rid the world of polio. Come join us. Visit inpolio.org. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.